Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your co-host uh, Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. We're uh, Eric, uh, our engineers in the process of trying to connect up with Angela T. Rye, who I talked to earlier. She will be on the program. Uh, we'll also have uh, Lacey Steele, uh, President Emeritus of Seattle King County Branch of the NAACP, Carolyn Riley Payne, the current president of the Seattle Branch, uh, Gerald Hankerson, who is a state area uh, a conference uh, Alaska, Oregon, and Washington for the NAACP, and then Shadé Moore and Bobby Alexander are going to talk about the January 18th MLK holiday and what's going to be happening this year in light of what's happening COVID-19. But as the whole world saw yesterday, Hayward Evans, the whole world saw exactly how uh, some people are treated. Uh, if you recall, uh, President uh, Donald J. Trump used tear gas and the military to disperse some peaceful protesters to take a photo op where he held the Bible upside down. Okay, we do have Angela T. Rye on. I know she's busy. Angela, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your dad and co-host Hayward Evans. And uh, so you know what everybody's talking about. We'll say hi to Eric. He's on there too. <laughs> Hello, but, everyone. Uh, all right. Uh, we just wanted to have you just uh, uh, give your spin on what happened yesterday and what needs to happen, what would your recommendations be for 45? Um, that he's impeached and removed, that um, they um, enforce the 25th Amendment, that he be removed from office. And I think he should be, um, like, really, like, imprisoned based on what happened yesterday. There's a lot of things that have happened this year, whether we're talking about COVID and the fact that we are at... Um, you know, genocide levels, if we deal with the fact that he was um, completely irresponsible and reckless and showed um, just a complete disregard for human life um, in this country in the response to COVID and the outbreak. Um, if you look at our numbers compared to other parts of the world, it's tremendously problematic. And then I think yesterday just um, demonstrates exactly what so many people um, of color, so many people um, who, you know, are from marginalized communities or just have common sense knew what was going to happen with the Donald Trump presidency because of who he was before he even announced he was running. So I think it's um, time to really deal with these issues in a real way. And um, it's been time. And for the Republicans who are having a last minute wake up call about what is true or the, even the companies now, um, Facebook, um, has said that they're suspending Donald Trump's Instagram and Facebook accounts indefinitely. Twitter uh, suspended him until he, you know, deletes these posts. But all of that should have happened before, and it didn't because they put business over morality. And so there are a number of, you know, individuals. I think all of us really need to do some soul-searching right now about what's most important and um, how we ensure that um, – you know, white supremacy is addressed. It's not just a Donald Trump problem. Um, Donald Trump is um, a symptom of a larger issue, and that's a plague that has been with this country since its foundation. For uh, in terms of the people uh, who they've identified, and now we're going to be having a new president with a new Justice Department, and maybe justice will finally be done, and the handcuffs will be taken off the FBI so they can do their job. It's my understanding that they've identified where a lot of these folks are already know who they are, but because of 45, there was a reluctance into any movement to bring them to justice. 
what is your prospects for something happening now? And congratulations to the sister who's going to be overseeing uh, the, the civil rights office. Oh, I can't remember her name right at the top of Christine my head. Christine Clark. Christine Clark, Christine Clark right, right. Congratulations to her. And uh, I, she comes out of the NAACP as well. So I know that justice will be done if it's allowed to flourish. And I'm sure now after people saying it's double standard. So what would your recommendations be to, say, members of the Congressional Black Caucus right now in terms of what action should be taken? Because, you know, it was like, what, 10 years ago that the Tea Party guys were spitting on Congressman Emanuel Cleaver. Yeah, I think is what I said. I think that he needs to be impeached and removed as it relates to what happened and the, the shortcomings at the Capitol. I agree with Nancy Pelosi that the police chief should be um, fired or he should resign. And they really need to figure out how they have redundancy established and they're sharing intelligence with other law enforcement agencies so nothing like this ever happens again. I think the cha the biggest challenge we have is we know that law enforcement is fully capable because we saw how they acted with Black Lives Matter protests over the summer that were largely peaceful um, except, except for when you have folks like this disrupting what was peace, right? So I think the biggest thing is ensuring that um, they treat people the same, but there's equal treatment under the law for everyone. And that's something that I don't think falls on the Congressional Black Caucus. They know that it falls on their counterparts who need to work to implement that. Very good. I want to see if my co-host Hayward Evans has a question or a comment for you. But no, I'm here. First, thank you for being with us. I saw you on first take this morning with Stephen Smith. You were absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Just throw that out to start with. But my, my question is, will number 45 be held accountable? And when uh, when Merrick becomes the attorney general, do you think they're going to do something about number 45? I don't know. Um, I don't know anything about Merrick Garland's record. The only thing I know about Merrick Garland is he was the Supreme Court justice pick that Barack Obama couldn't get across the finish line, even though he thought that he was picking someone that Republicans would find acceptable. So someone who they would find acceptable and would vote for, I'm not sure how far he's willing to go. Um, that actually gives me um, cause for concern, especially after knowing that um, black um, people, um, people of color largely, when you look at the numbers from the election, won this election. And so I did, I'm hard-pressed to understand why there wouldn't be a person of color put into that role, that's such a critical role. Well, I'm thinking we need to cut off the head of the snake, frankly. And if you look at all those white folks, they call them insurgents. I call it treasonous. And when they went up there, I how they domestic terrorists. Pardon? Yes. And so will number 45, in your opinion, will he be held accountable? Well, I just answered that question. I, unfortunately, I don't know the answer to that. I don't have a lot of confidence in someone who the last uh, Democratic administration thought would be acceptable to the Republican Party, so much so that they nominated him instead of a black woman to fill the Supreme Court vacancy, and which I believe was a political miscalculation because they would have had leverage even around race to put that person on the bench. They went with Merrick Garland because they thought it was a more acceptable choice. Given that, if he takes that same acceptable behavior until the Department of Justice, it's not likely that he's going to be prosecuted or anyone else for that matter, um, on issues 
um, surrounding racial oppression, um, systemic injustice, shoot, in, a, in some ways, even criminal justice reform. Um, you know, the, uh, Joe Biden is still pretty moderate around issues in criminal justice reform. He doesn't support ending qualified immunity, and he doesn't even, didn't even support the Justice and Policing Act that's of the Congressional Black Caucus pushed and that Kamala Harris and Cory Booker co-championed in the Senate. So my answer is I don't know, and I don't have a lot of confidence um, in Merrick Garland because I don't know anything about his um, history in, 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 in working to, you know, in corruption in government and would he be willing to take on, a, you know, basically that's a very partisan fight. Would he be willing to do that when Republicans find him acceptable now? I don't know that, but I doubt it. Well, I just want to say uh, before you have to go, Angela, we've been joined by Lacey Still. Lacey, are you on the line? I'm here. Okay. Say hello to your goddaughter. Hey, what's going on? Hi, Lacey. How are you? If I was in the bed, I'd be twins. <laughs> 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 well, good. Yeah. How you doing? Well, we had a rough day yesterday. I'm better today. As long as nothing like yesterday happens, I'm happy. <laughs> you weren't down there, were you? No, not at all. Oh, good. Not good. at all. But it was just a pan. I didn't know what was going to happen. It felt like the the unknowingness I had around 9-11, and I was much younger then, but having worked there, those people become like your family. So it just was really scary. I didn't know what was going to happen. But hold your breath off. We still got a few more days left with that man. Yeah, I know. And he said he said he got a big surprise for us. Lord. Well. Okay, well, uh, Angela, also there's going to be a tribute to uh, uh, Judge Charles V. Johnson passed away. And the mm-hmm. NAACP is sponsoring a tribute to him. It's going to be live stream. It'll be on uh, Friday, January 15th at 3 p.m. And uh, it's posted on my Facebook page. And I'm sure it's posted by uh, Carolyn Riley Payne's going to be on after you, your AXO director, uh, who is now the president of the Seattle King County branch of the NAACP. Yeah. She mm-hmm. was re- she was elected. Uh, yeah. And so she's been doing a good job. So I want to make sure you knew that. And she certainly appreciated your support and your your uh, leadership. So want to say we thank you for that. So anything less from Miss Carolyn Riley Payne. She got an army behind her of young people who are now old <laughs> who still very <laughs> much support her and love her. So we don't expect anything less. Of course, she's an excellent president. And uh, when you say old, was I in that category? <laughs> no, <laughs> you're forever young. <laughs> Angela, I'm 89. Forever young. Yeah, you can tell me that because I, 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 getting old is not good because everything I, that works on me hurts. Oh no! Well, oh, yeah. you gotta you gotta talk to Eddie Ryan about that. He got some stuff to help you. Shoot, he gonna he gonna help me feel better. Mhm. Ah, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was at the doctor with my shoulder last week. <laughs> oh Lord, well maybe not. <laughs> All right. Maybe not. Well, Angela, thank okay. you very much. Anything you'd like to say to, to, to your Seattle audience? You know, she is a Washington State resident, Lacey. She Absolutely. does vote here. And I got to get her membership in the Seattle NAACP right away and the rest of the family members. All right. I think right. I have, I'm a lifetime member of the NAACP, but maybe I better do my Seattle one. Yeah, you got to be supporting Kellen Riley Payne. I, of course. Absolutely. No question. 
Well, I love you all. Thank you so much for having me, Dad. You know, I'm in the middle of a move, so let me get to... Where are you moving? Just, just down the road, not far. you like a gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> D.C., yeah, L.A., yeah. back to D.C. <laughs> Why don't you pay your rent, then you won't have to move every month. <laughs> Man, this is a tough crowd. Yeah, I tell you, it's 89 years old with game. Anyway, mm-hmm. thank you very much, daughter. Appreciate you. And uh, send me that Stephen A clip if you get a chance, please. Bye, Daddy. Love please, you. I'm going to post it on Facebook. Okay, thanks very much. Right, that was uh, Angela T. Rye in the middle of a move, but she took time out to talk with us to discuss what transpired yesterday, and we have uh, esteemed civil rights veteran, the president emeritus of the Seattle King County NAACP, Lacey Steele on, and I'd also like to have Lacey Steele uh, give his analysis of what happened, what he witnessed yesterday. Well, I just witnessed what I knew was going to happen all the time and made me a prophet. I told people a long time, this man is going to try to take over the government in Washington. And he is trying to do it. He hasn't given up yet. He's still got 14 days, so watch out. He's crazy. Well, you know, uh, we're going to have some good people, I think, uh, coming in with the Biden administration, especially in the Civil Rights Office. All the and hopefully the Justice Department will be able to bring some people to justice. Yeah, or, 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 if they don't slay them all. Because they say the next time they come to the Capitol, they're bringing their guns. Yeah, well, there's also something called the U.S. Army. This time it won't be used to tear gas and protect uh, a president from taking a photo op and well, holding the Bible yeah. upside down. But one, one, one of the leading military men has said that this is not a military problem. This is a court problem. We are not going to get involved. Well, you know, uh, there's going to be a new commander-in-chief uh, in about uh, two weeks. Yep. So I, that, that, I think that might, that, that might change altogether. But I oh, want to yeah. uh, see if uh, uh, my co-host, Haywood Evans, has a question or comment for you. Brother Lacey, I was listening to you uh, talking about your age, but I know, like uh, Angela was saying, you're young in heart and spirit. But, well, uh, man, I, I got a question for you about why, where, where was the police presence? In your opinion, you think they were told to stand down just to allow those people to uh, to go into the building like that and, and well, commit all the damage? Well, your presence never said, there were good people on both sides. Yeah, and, and, and which we, ones? We, we knew what they were. They were where they always are when they, and, and, and one, of the, one of those rioters, whatever you want to call them, said it right. White people are not afraid of the police. Because the police have always been there to protect them. If that was black that's folk, we know it would have been the total opposite. Oh, man. You know, they, and I remember they, in the day you would have been leading the charge for us. When a whole lot of us charged. Well, you know, most of the, we got to really look at realistically now, all of the police organizations, the National Police Organization, supported Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, it's been, I guess, recorded, I haven't seen it yet, that, uh, uh, some of the uh, police officers that were supposed to be protecting the Capitol were taking selfies with the with the with the rioters, with the seditionists, and some so, of the some of the police <laughs> open gates 
for him to come in. Angela, Angela this morning said in her interview on First Talk that some of them had their hands in their pocket yeah. while the folks walked right by them. Yep. Well, I hope we get past these next 14, 15 days because he has said that he got a big surprise for us and we don't know what it's going to be. So what might you think that surprise could be, in your opinion? I would not put anything past the man. And knowing he got the key to the atomic weapons and stuff, I don't know what he's going to do. He still know he has power. So you don't think Pence is going to step in at all? Oh, yeah, he's going to step in. But what is the fool going to do between now and then? He can't do nothing until he gets sworn in. He's not the president yet. So in your opinion, you think there's going to be any repercussions? Is, is no, will, I'm just will number saying, 45 I, be held accountable at all? Oh, he's going to be held accountable as much as you can. But I said he said in these next 14, 13 days, look out to see what's going to happen. You've got a surprise. So well, I think, think by having a change of administration and a new Justice Department, we might see justice. And because, you know, the, the FBI has been handcuffed for the last four years, and they know who these bad actors are, know where to find them. And I think, as Hayward just mentioned, you know, and you, Lacey, the people, the uh, members of the police department and the Capitol Police that were accommodating these folks, they need to be held accountable, too. They need to be charged with sedition as well. But, Lacey, we've been joined by the current president of the CLN of LACP, Carolyn Riley Payne. Hey, Rudy. Madam President, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm well, thank you. Your Emeritus hey. and Hayward Evans on the line with us. Hi, Eddie. Um, hi, Eddie and Hayward. How are you guys doing today? Very good. Well, Lacey Steele's on with us, too. <laughs> yes, I I know. I said hi to him when I first came in. You didn't hear me because I said hi, Godfather. But I, well, I, I, I see, I know you wasn't on the air. You wasn't on the air yet. <laughs> right, so oh, okay. He's the Godfather. Yeah. Godfather of civil rights. No, I'm yeah, Godfather to her son. Well, okay. He is the Godfather of civil rights in Seattle, but yeah. But he's okay. the godfather of my son. But anyway. Well, okay. Well, we've been. Uh, we just talked to one of your your students who said that uh, that uh, Miss Carolyn Riley Payne has an army behind her. A whole bunch of young people who are now old. <laughs> <laughs> and all I across the country. Said. And I think that that uh, that uh, appreciation deal we had last July of 2019, with over 250 people showing up, and a lot of other people wishing they could have been there really pretty much demonstrated that. That's what I had to tell the state area conference in the last election. I said, you know what? Uh, talking to my daughter, I'm inspired because I don't think there's going to be a problem, uh, <laughs> even though people try to put a banana peel or two in front of you, but you know how to sidestep things, being in the hood yeah. as long as you have. But anyway, well, we were talking about uh, the sedition that occurred yesterday in Washington, D.C., and wanted to hear uh, your spin on that. And what do you think... Uh, the repercussions should be for the seditionists. What do I think? Oh, they all should be put in jail, number one. Uh, but my uh, my uh, my take on it is that it it showed once again uh, privilege, and it showed uh, uh, the the president uh, elect spoke on it today, uh, and he was uh, I was glad to hear him take a bold state, uh, stand and statement. And I said, if he had made that before he got elected, he probably would not have been elected. 
no, uh, no. to say that, to, to show that um, there is a distinct difference on how we are handled in, a, um, in the same kind of situation, um, be, it, be it Black Lives Matter, the NAACP doing a, uh, a march, uh, or any of that. We are handled differently uh, because they look at us differently and to what we stand for. So, you know. Yeah, we're in for some trying days. We got to be extremely careful and watch out what's going on. Because the man still well, has a I, lot of power. Well, I think that in, well, for example, we have gotten, we meaning uh, African Americans and uh, black and brown people have gotten uh, a little comfortable. We, we, we call for rallies and we, at one point, we were always uh, careful and always on alert and had and had things protocols in place for what happened. Uh, we don't do that anymore as much. And I think that going forward, more and more, this shows that uh, shows that we do need to be on alert at all times, especially when we are in uh, in groups, et cetera. And with our upcoming march for MLK. I think that that is uh, that how, is something how that is we, that going to happen. I'm we got we got the uh, the president uh, the chair of the organization coming on. I want to let's go. I want to spend the remainder of the time talking about the late uh, Judge Charles B. Johnson and what oh, he I meant to the that. city of Seattle, what he meant to the NAACP. And Lacey, you probably served as much much time with him as anyone. So if you could go ahead and take a few moments and talk about that, they would like to have. Uh, Madam President, Carolyn Riley Payne also makes some comments about the late Charles V. Johnson. Okay, well, I had the opportunity of meeting Charles V. Johnson, who at the time was an attorney in 1959. He was the president of the Seattle branch, and I had been recruited to be a membership chair. And so I met him there. And I'm one of the few people, I think, in Seattle or in the area out here can say that I've worked with Judge Johnson not only on a local, state level, but nationally, because he and I served on the National Board of Directors together for over 20 years. So I have seen Judge Johnson not only in Seattle work, but I've seen him work at cities across the country. I've been with him in the Bahamas, where we once had a NAACP National Board meeting. And I've seen him do a lot of things, and I just admire Charles because he was not one of those people when he attained a certain level in life, look back at people and say, I wonder what they want. He got in there and helped. He was a leading seller of memberships in the organization that we have, the NAACP. Charles sold over 100 memberships every year. You won't find many judges anywhere that will go out and to sell memberships and who will take in their hands and stuff envelopes, uh, serve as the assistant treasurer of the branch, attend two meetings a week, a month, and help wherever he can and not complain. He was an honorable man. He was a friend of mine. Uh, I have known and respected him for many, many years. And our daughters are good friends, Marcia and Terry. They're in each other's wedding. So he holds a tight bond in the Steele family. 
Okay, uh, President uh, Carolyn Riley Payne, I'd like to have you share your thoughts and memories of uh, late Charles. Okay, Johnson. well, thank you. It, it is an honor to be able to speak about Charles, Judge Charles B. Johnson, or the judge as uh, we called him. I have. <laughs> I have known Charles probably in the branch uh, longer than anybody now that's left since uh, Lacey and Charles uh, retired from the branch. Uh, I came on, um, uh, I met him in 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 79, I think it was, but I started working with him uh, on the NAACP, on this executive committee in 1983 when I started working with the AXO program. And so I learned uh, from Lacey and Charles what it meant to be an NAACP member. And uh, Lacey is correct. He sold memberships. He loved this organization. He loved the Seattle King County branch. And he would work and do anything for the branch. But if you did not sell memberships, he would, that is when you would get his ride. He wouldn't, he did not like people not selling memberships and he would, did not like people not doing, working in, uh, in the NAACP. Uh, he and I worked together, uh, to put on the training for the NAACP for many years for, uh, the branch. We had a retreat every year in which we trained and he and I worked on the, uh, he and I and, uh, Cynthia Hobbs worked on the training, uh, putting it together for many, many years. And his organization, um, now he was the judge and he thought uh, he was the boss, but he, uh, he, never, he never really flaunted it. I remember when other, uh, we had attorneys on the uh, branch, when they became judges or when they, be, uh, et cetera, they always thought that they needed to leave the branch. They could not work, but he showed us how to do it. He showed us by example. He trained. He um, he often mentored uh, those that were on the board. So and he is going to be um, really, really missed um, in the uh, organization. And one of the reasons that I'm still here, because I had told Lacey Steele, who appointed me, that when he left, I was going to leave, and I was only going to stay a year. But uh, I can't count. And Lacey left, and then he said, you can't leave. And then Charles said, Carolyn, you can't leave. And then when I was going to really leave, um, he said, no, you have to run for president. And that's how I be, uh, That's why I chose to run for president, based on the fact that those two men uh, individually said the same thing to me. So I, uh, I was trained, I tell everybody, I was trained by the best. And I know this organization because of their training. And I've served with every president uh, since 1983. So I, uh, and Charles was there right beside me, training me and working with me. You, uh, he was a calm, easy uh quiet he didn't raise his voice but when he spoke you knew he he knew you knew he knew what you he was talking about and he was easy uh to work with so uh he's going to be uh he was a valuable asset to 
this uh, this city especially, but not only okay. this city, but throughout this country. Okay, uh, there's going to uh, Gerald Hankerson uh, is going to be on next, and he's going to talk about the tribute that's going to be held, the live stream tribute on Friday, January 15th at 3 p.m. But Lacey Steele, President Emeritus, Madam President Carolyn Riley Payne, Seattle Branch, NAACP, thank you all very much and keep up the good work. Okay, thank you Eddie, all. thanks for having us. Thank, okay, you, now. thank you, Eddie. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and come back with President Hankerson after this. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington, or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Organic, free range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk, 1150. Hey, we're Eddie Ryan back at Urban Forum Northwest with our next guest, uh, NAACP Area Conference President for Alaska, Oregon, and Washington, Gerald Hankerson, who is the driving force behind the January 15th, 3 p.m. live stream uh, honor for the late Judge Charles V. Johnson. So welcome to the Urban Forum Northwest, President Hankerson. Thank you for having me. And before we talk about the, the event you done on the 15th, I want your comments on the sedition that took place yesterday in the nation's capital, where <laughs> members of the Congress had to hide at least their desk and wear, wear gas masks. So I just wanted you to comment on that. Yeah, it's indicative. You know, Eddie, uh, you know, obviously we saw this coming. We've been seeing this coming for four years. Uh, our current uh, member 45 have proven to be who exactly we knew we were. I'm just disappointed that others who actually enabled him to allow him the opportunity to do that. So it's an assault on our democracy. It's an assault on. And one of the issues I want to point out is the fact of how they allowed these mobsters to come and just 
tear up the Capitol, but in Black Lives Matter, they seem to be ready. So the inequities that's in the approach of this is scathing, uh, obviously, and I just want folks to understand that this is what we've been saying for over 100 and some years now. This is who we got. We got a racist in the White House that provoked sick to his dogs on the Congress people to go down there and destroy it because he cannot accept defeat. And obviously we see it is what it is. We saw exactly what we saw. And hopefully now that people will wake up and rise to the fact that we got a Nazi in the White House and we need to get him out of there as soon as possible. We can't afford another 13 days of him having that kind of a power. Well, it seems like uh, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, agreed with you, President Hankerson. Now, in terms of uh, uh, following this up, we're going to have, I guess, one of the former NAACP leaders, uh, Ms. Clark, is going to be the uh, Office of Civil Rights uh, under the Justice Department. And I'm certain that uh, they will not be wasting any time in terms of bringing people to justice. And the good thing is by having uh, the background, having Kamala Harris as vice president, who was a, a leader of the second largest Justice Department in the country when she was attorney general of the state of California. Uh, what role do you think the NAACP could play in helping bring these, some of these folks to justice and advancing uh, our civil rights with the new administration? You know, over the past several of months, other than uh, President-elect Biden, our national president, Derek Johnson, both met with uh, uh, President-elect Biden, as well as Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, to talk about why we need some civil rights at the cabinet level. And I don't want to just say Ms. Clark, because we also, he appointed today, uh, nominated today, uh, Ms. Gupta, Vidita Gupta, who also was a part of our legal, uh, legal defense fund, who's also a part of that cabinet. So we, pl we plan to play a significant role and addressing the racial inequities that's coming as vice, I mean, I'm sorry, as President McBiden has promised, we plan to play a significant role on about the charges and the inequities that's being addressed throughout this nation. But now my goal as State Area Conference President is to make sure there's a focus here, uh, not just in Alaska or in Washington, but we're calling on Senator Murray, as we have a Senator Cantwell, to make sure that we got a black person as our U.S. attorney that represents this area as well. We've already identified the person we want, but I won't reveal that name on this phone, on this call tonight. Well, we also need to call for the, her to uh, uh, make uh, nominate uh, former uh, Seattle Police Chief Carmen Vespa to be the U.S. Marshal. Well, that's something up for consideration. But right now, we're trying to deal with the level of the federal level. Uh, to address the inequities that's going on and make sure right. that this Biden administration has civil rights leaders in the Department of Justice to make sure that they are there with the forefront of all the work that we've been doing for over a century now and have that mm -hmm. kind of leadership that we can address that, how we move forward. And then you've taken the lead, uh, I don't want to bring Hayward Evans in, but you've taken the lead in putting together this tribute to the late uh, Judge Charles V. Johnson, who spent well over 50 years in the NAACP, and we just heard Carolyn Riley Payne talk about how you would sell memberships and stuff envelopes and do anything that was required. And, uh, you know, I know he was a stalwart, but and, and you've taken the lead in putting together this tribute to him. So we just like to hear, have you talk about that. Yeah, uh, on January the 15th at 3 o'clock, we're going to release a tribute that we're working with folks all around the country. And a culmination of uh, Judge Johnson uh, passed away, 
uh, a week ago, and obviously the impact that he had, not just locally in Seattle, but throughout our nation, was absolutely incredible. The changes and the things that we've seen have, have made a difference in the lives of so many people, many of which they don't even know who you were. So this tribute uh, we're going to be producing, we're in the production stage right now, it's going to be highlighting all the achievements that he did, and not just his achievements, but the influence that he had throughout this region particularly in Seattle, but throughout this region particularly, of all the different places he'd been and people he'd touched that made a difference. So we're actually organizing a mock trial. Uh, so you'll see that it's currently in production, but we'll be releasing it for the entire world to see on January the 15th at 3 o'clock. But we're in the absolute production state right now. So we're calling on all the folks who want to contribute to this to get down to the studio or send in a video if you want to be a participant to talk about what impact that Charles Lee Johnson had in your life or in your community. And we're going to culminate that into a, a, a just a visual so folks can see how far this brother has reached and how many people that he has impacted over his years of service. I want to see if my co-host Hayward Evans has a question or comment for you, Mr. Hankerson. You know, Joe, I love what you just said, too, about everything that he's done. And hopefully we're going to see something through the NAACP, but also other organizations that are going to highlight some of his accomplishments or his life achievements. Because it's important, I think, for our young people to know this. But I got a question for you. What do you think Judge Johnson would have said about 123 city members of Congress saying they can't accept the election results. <laughs> I know what he said before all this happened. He was absolutely disgusted. He was disgusted in 2016 to see the erosion of civil rights in this country by the election of a racist and KKK member into the White House that he knew that that set us back for all, quite a few years after 100 years that we have been working as civil rights and the 50, 60 years that he had been working as civil rights. I knew what he felt about that. But Judge Johnson is one of the people that trained me that educated me, and I remember vividly when he discussed about the fact that some of the chain challenges that I faced as the young president when he sat on the board, he actually said that you've been baptized by fire. I will never forget that because that's the things that actually enabled me to do the work that I do, to have tough skin because what we're living through today was indicative of what he lived through yesterday that allowed him to do the work that he done. And I'm just honored the fact that we can send a tribute out to educate people about the history of what he have done, but the history of the NWCP, hoping to encourage others that follow in his footsteps, and this is the things that we need from everybody, not just those in leadership roles. Gerald, before we go, would you give our listening audience the information about how they can uh, tune into the live stream on January 15th at 3 o'clock p.m.? Yeah, we're going to be announcing it specifically that, Eddie. You're going to be one of the people we're going to have to announce it exactly because the technological stuff, and we're working directly gotcha. with Axon Stage Production Company to do this. We're in the middle of production now, but we're going to do a live stream of the career that's going to be beginning with an opening argument by the Chief Justice of the Washington State Supreme Court and ending with a closed argument. And in between, the folks are going to be able to talk about the impact of what Judge Johnson have done throughout this city. And then we'll be announcing the link that everyone will be able to link into to see this production and the results of the production on the 15th of January at 3 o'clock. And Eddie, your, your show is one of the main shows we'll be putting out there to let folks know how they can tune in. We definitely will take care of that. So uh, thank you very much for dropping everything to appear on, on uh, the Urban Forum Northwest this afternoon. But it was an imperative that you were on with uh, the different generations of the NAACP. 
including Angela Raya, who was an AXO winner locally and nationally, and who's a staunch supporter of your president, our president, Carolyn Riley Payne. So thank you very Absolutely. much, Joe Hankerson. We'll stay in touch. Thank you. Sir. Okay, Stop Eric, we're going to go ahead and take a break now and come back with Sade Moore and attorney Bobby Alexander from the Seattle MLK Organizing Coalition after this. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. On the path to good health and well-being, Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. All right, Eddie Ryan, Hayward Evans back at Urban Forum Northwest. And before we go to our next guest, I want to thank some people who helped keep us on the air. The Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office of Me and Rice, Sound Transit's Office of Labor Relations and Civil Rights with Leslie Jones, City of Seattle's Persons Construction Services Office with Liz Alzier, and we had Concourse Concessions with Dave Pukahara, SeaTac Bar Group LLC with Rod O'Neill and Jerry Whitsitt, and Stephanie Eagle keeps our technology straight. So I want to introduce, uh, once again, last week they were cut off short, Shad A. Moore, who is the president, chair of the Seattle MLK Organizing Coalition, and I guess the program director or uh, chair is uh, attorney Bobby Alexander, so welcome back to Urban Forum Northwest with Haywood Evans and Eddie Rye. Uh, why don't you guys give us an update, first of all, on uh, what's happening with MLK this uh, coming up on the 18th. And then we want to take a couple of minutes and talk about what transpired in Washington, D.C. yesterday. So go, go right ahead. <laughs> all right, I'm going to, this is Sade. I'm going to turn it over to Bobby to talk about uh, the program and our upcoming youth event. And then I'll close it out. All right, so the most important thing to say is that we are going to have a marching rally this year. Uh, so let's just get that out of the way. There will be a marching rally, and we are going to have that marching rally outside. So the whole event is going to be outside. We're still going to try and start it at Garfield, so that will be uh, the same. But our event's going to be outside. It's going to be two-parter. We're going to have a program 
uh, at the starting point, a march, and then the second part of the program. So that's the way that we broke it down. And this year, the type of people that you can expect to hear from are uh, James Bible, a former attorney for the NAACP, Deontay Damper. Also, um, I think he is the first actual African-American homosexual person to be on the NAACP council in the state of Washington. So he's coming out. Chelsea Adams, who is the teacher of the year for Seattle Public Schools. Uh, Sydney Coleman will be singing. She, she was the star of the uh, Seattle Children's Play. So we have a lot of people coming out who are very talented that will be, speak, that will be speaking. We also have uh, Vision. It's a step team coming up, coming up from Tacoma that will be doing a step routine. So a lot of young, talented black folks that will be coming out just like always. So really excited to do that, uh, and especially just given everything that's happening right now. Uh, this event is, is really important to us, and we're really proud that we're going to be able to put it on despite what's happening in the world. And then secondly, the youth program this year, I think I mentioned it last week, it's going to be virtual. So what we did is we asked our youth interns, and this year we had two or three of those uh, young ladies, actually, high school-aged women, come and put together uh, a youth program. Now, traditionally that happened at Langston Hughes, and it was indoors, but this year uh, we're going to do it virtual instead. And what we did is we asked those young people to interview their peers, to ask their, ask their peers questions of other high school-aged people of color about how they feel about what's happened in 2020. So that's COVID. That means activism and just all the things that we saw happening. So that's what you can that's what you can expect from our youth program. And what's going to happen is that is going to be streamed live on the 17th between 2:30 and 4:30, uh, so, or two and five basically on Rainier Avenue Radio. And we're going to play a video that those that those young people put together as well as listen to them be interviewed. So that's probably a summary of our programs. Uh, Shade, you could take it from here. Excellent. So, again, keep in mind, safety is our priority, and we have adapted to virtual events where possible and incorporating social distancing precautions for our in-person events. Um, so just make sure that anybody that's listening that you share not only the information that Bobby has communicated, but also you're aware that instead of doing our in-person workshops, workshops this year are virtual, which will begin Tuesday the 12th and run through Saturday the 16th. Um, you can register in advance, and you can find all that information on our website, as well as our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Um, Bobby did touch on the virtual youth event this year, which will be on Sunday the 17th, um, and we will be um, doing a, a podcast with Radio Avenue um, Radio um, dot World. So that information, again, can be found on our website, as well as our social media platforms, um, and like Bobby had mentioned about the march and rally, um, social distance guidelines are on the website, right? If you're coming out to support us, you must be socially distanced and you must wear a mask. We are going to be having food, a.k.a. snacks. We're not going to be utilizing Garfield to do our huge community feeding anymore, um, at least for this year or until we find out, um, you know, where our community um, is taking um, – where COVID will be uh, taking a toll or the next route um, for the upcoming year. So we're hopefully we're hoping that by 2022, we will be back in Garfield and we will go back to the normalcy of our events. Um, so again, as Bobby mentioned, Monday, the 18th team day at Garfield, which is 423rd Avenue. Um, the rally starts at 11 and the March will start at noon. 
Um, we'll have ADA vans available for folks with disabilities at Garfield at 1145 that morning. Uh, we'll have tons of volunteers. We'll have a few people that are coming out and they'll be setting up their own booths to continue to give back to the community. Um, just a lot to come from that. Um, we're just hoping that people come out. Uh, make sure you're hydrated when you come out. Make sure you're warm when you come out. Um, and then we just want people to enjoy the time. Um, there was a lot of folks that reached out thinking we weren't going to have an event this year. Um, but we made it happen, even, you know, with the times that we're facing right now. Um, so we're hoping, you know, due to everything that's been going on in our community um, and globally, um, that we get an even larger turnout this year and more support. Um, and as always, this is all volunteer for everybody that has been supporting this event on the ground. So um, we're always welcome and open for donations. Where, where, where is the march route and what's the purpose of the where the stops? So that information, as much as I would like to share it with you, it's disclosed at this time and won't be available until next week. The reason being is due to what is going on. And we have various anarchist groups taking over these um, these uh, public uh, marching rallies that are, are deemed peaceful. We are not pushing out our information on our march until the end of next week. So it will be made available by <clears throat> Friday of next week to the community. And again, we're doing that for the safety and security of everyone involved. Yeah, well, I, I certainly understand that. Now, I would also like to have you and Bobby respond to what transpired in Washington, D.C. yesterday. Since you are the MLK, the Prince of Peace, uh, representing that frame of reference, what what is your, what are your uh, comments on that? I'm going to let the attorney talk first. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I would just say from a historical perspective, uh, it was it was really significant. You know, if you think about it, we've had 45 or 46 elections, right? And we've had, if anything were to make this country great, it would be that we've actually had peaceful transitions of power. That's never been an issue in American history. Even when mm -hmm. Abraham Lincoln was elected and we knew that a civil war would start, there was still nothing that occurred. So for us to essentially fail for the first time to have a peaceful transition of power, uh, it, it's very sad, but it's also historically significant. So that's really my first thought on it. And then secondly, I, I think it shows you people's expectations. Um, mm -hmm. African-Americans don't think and know that they cannot do stuff like that and expect to survive. Uh, but right. other people absolutely believe that they can, and so they do. And I will leave my comments at that. And to that, right, because I all last night, I think in the last year or two, I've been um, following a lot of what's been happening with our government more than ever. And um, especially with, you know, this year's event, I mean, there was a time where we thought we weren't even going to have it due to not only just COVID, but due to what's going on in our nation. And um, something that stuck out to me that I, I put on my Facebook, but as well as something I just seen recently, double standard, right? Black Lives Matter protests in D.C., they planned for that. There, you know, we had military come out. I mean, the police were ready to go. And like you said, there was a fear for the lives of black men and women. This event, totally different. This was not planned for. We have a president, in my opinion, that needs to let his ego go and, and step down. Um, been watching the news today as, you know, legislators have been calling for um, the 25th Amendment as well as possible impeachment. So just fo we're following. Um, but we know this is not going to be the end of this fight. We're going to have to continue to keep fighting. And we're hoping that 
our peaceful protesters that come out to celebrate King Day will be a part of that larger uh, platform. Um, and we can be an example, not only just for Seattle or the West Coast, but for all of America just to show how we can come together and have a peaceful event and keep going and, and spread the word. So um, that's just a little bit for me. I want to see if um, I co-host Hayward Evans has a question or comment for you. You know, Chardet and Bobby, first, I got to salute you guys and the entire committee. You've done a fantastic job keeping this thing together. I had an opportunity to read the minutes. And, and I'm just so darn proud that, that I've had the privilege to get to know you guys. Now, what's the possibility of getting the program also on the Seattle channel or at least on YouTube? Because I know there's a lot of people uh, out there who would really like the opportunity to, to watch these events. Uh, Bobby, you want to talk? Go ahead, idea. Bobby. We've been talking about that. We, we are not opposed to uh, providing... To, to having anybody stream our event, essentially. If, if there's somebody that wants to take the youth event and they want to stream it on their page at the same time, they just need to contact me. Uh, they need to con at our, They can look at the email address that we have on the website for the executive committee, and I will give them the, the link to our G drive uh, where they can basically have access to the video. My only request will be that they play it at the same time as Rainier Avenue Radio. We can't have that. Uh, streaming at different times, it would be disrespectful uh, to Rainier Avenue Radio since they were given the exclusive first. So there's that. Secondly, if people want to come out and film the actual march and rally live and stream it, we're not going to say no to that. That's not a thing. We we want that because, like you're saying, hey, we're our goal is to get this to as many people as possible as safely as possible, and that means that the virtual option is excellent because that means there's no no potential for physical uh, fights over over the internet, right? You can keyboard, be keyboard warriors all you want, but we don't have to worry about people fighting, and we don't have to worry about people getting sick. So if you want to stream it, uh, I'm good with it. I'm pretty sure Sade feels the same way. Yeah, you know, there's a gentleman by the name of Omari Salisbury that has Converge Media. I don't know if you guys That's have correct. spoken, have spoken yep, to him we, yet. We've talked about it. Okay, so you guys were on top of it. So whatever, like I said, whatever I can do to help, uh, please let me know. And then, you know, uh, we'll have you guys back on uh, next uh, Thursday because that's the Thursday before uh, the actual holiday, which is the 18th. So uh, I would uh, want to thank both of you guys for your time today and all your efforts. So is there anything you'd like to say in closing? i tell you what, why don't you share with our listening audience uh, the website address so they can go and, and see what's happening www.seattlemlkcoalition, altogether, all lowercase, dot org. That is where you can find everything from the flyer to the program to information on the youth event to um, a list of our workshops that are virtual. Um, a big shout-out, um, and there's just too many people's names to call out, but big shout-out to our coalition members who are working day in and day out especially with the upcoming year to just tie in all the last minute pieces that make sure this event goes off without any issue. It's a lot of work on top of people's day jobs. We're not getting paid for this work, um, but we do it because we love community. We love seeing people come together. Um, and, you know, we love, you know, the, um, the mission and vision um, of, of what King stands for. And I mean, there's, there's so much history tied to this event. Um, I've said it okay, before. Okay, we're going to have to take it up next time. week. Sade, we're out of time. 
We'll have, yep. to, we'll have to continue with the King's Dream next week and with the Seattle MLK Organizing Coalition is planning for uh, January 18th. And I guess we won't ask about the march route or where the stops are, but we're gonna make sure that the officials are aware of the troublemakers. So thank you guys very much. Hey, what happens in Eddie Rye? It's been another edition of Urban Forum Northwest. We'll talk to you again next Thursday at two o'clock. Have a safe one.